Welcome to our December 2021 podcast series, The Gift of Information. I'm Doria Fleischer, your Charles County Community Engagement Coordinator. As many of us scramble to make sure we have our holiday shopping done, Charles County government wants to give you a gift that we feel really strongly about, the gift of information. We live in a fast-paced world where data is flying at us through our computers and our phones, and having access to online information quickly and readily at our fingertips is a great luxury in the 21st century. However, it is important to know when the internet is working for you and when it is working against you. Keep listening to find out what you can do to keep yourself and your loved ones safe with the gift of information. This episode, the second of three in the series, will focus on how you can stay safe online this holiday season and beyond by avoiding scams. We're really lucky to have Sergeant Mike Smith from the Charles County Sheriff's Office here with us today, sharing what citizens should look out for and what to do if they see something online that is illegal. Last week, we heard from Charles County Government Public Information Officer Jennifer Harris. Jen shared a huge amount of information on misinformation. She talked about what, how, and why of online misinformation and gave some excellent tips and resources on how we as citizens can recognize and avoid sites and posts that are sharing fake news. And the series will wrap up next week with an interview with Charles County Public Schools Chief of Instructional Technology, Charmaine Johnson. Just in time for our schools closing for winter break, when we know our students will have more time at home on computers, Charmaine will be sharing information on how to help keep our kids safe virtual citizens during the winter break and beyond. Charles County government is lucky to have the Charles County Sheriff's Office as a partner agency that's willing to share their knowledge, resources, and tips to help keep our citizens safe. I know that this time of year we hear a lot of pointers about locking our cars, keeping an eye on the packages that arrive on our front porch, and making sure our houses are secure if we go out of town. Today, though, we're going to focus on a totally different but just as important element of staying safe, avoiding online and over-the-phone scams. Sergeant Mike Smith from the Charles County Sheriff's Office is an expert in this, and we are really glad he could be here with us today. Sergeant Smith, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join us, especially because I'm sure you are incredibly busy always and this time of year. And I know that when we were planning this recording, you were working the midnight shift. So I hope you being here today doesn't mean that you're missing out on some well-deserved sleep. No, um, I love being a police officer. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, Unfortunately, part of that includes working at night when crimes occur. I'm lucky that it's rare in the position I'm in now. There's many officers out there who work the midnight shift all the time, and um, that's a tough way of life. Yeah, thank you for that reminder that all of us should uh, remember how hard our first responders are working, um, especially during the holiday season, but always, and on those crazy shifts that keeps them away from their families. Sergeant Smith, can you tell us about the specific division that you're a part of with Charles County Sheriff's Office and what that division does, how long you've been a part of it, just kind of your story. Uh, Currently, I'm a detective sergeant in the criminal investigations division. Um, I oversee the financial crimes with the auto theft detail as well. I was a detective back there in 2018 for almost two years. I got promoted to sergeant, went back into the patrol division for a short period of time. Uh, Then I was reassigned to be a sergeant in financial crimes. It's been a dream position for me. I I absolutely Mm -hmm. love it. Criminal investigations division is, is probably the most exciting place I've ever worked. What draws you to it? What makes that the place where you want to spend your time? You know everything that's going on in the county. Every major crime that's happening. Uh, we work, we're all in the same room with, from homicide to the sexual victims unit. Robbery's there. I worked in burglary and burglary's right there on the same side as me. We have a firearms unit now. 
uh, just investigates firearms crimes, and everybody works together. All the sergeants are in the same the same room as all the detectives, just just getting to know everything that's happening around the county uh, all the time, and being a part of investigating those is is that's the most exciting thing I've I've ever done. That's awesome. Thank you. It sounds like uh, that's like a open invitation that you want to come back and do more podcasts with us about things going on in the county. So I don't know, we might be dragging you back in another time. Always available. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Um, And how did you end up with the financial crimes unit and what are your responsibilities in this unit? Well, the way it works is when uh, the last sergeant in financial crimes, he got promoted to lieutenant, they announced the position and everybody fills out a resume and, and you apply for the position you sit in front of a board and you hope to be selected. So that, that was the position that was open uh, for all the detective sergeants. Um, and, and I worked there before. I was part of the auto theft unit right after it got reassigned under financial. Um, so I was familiar with it, and, and, and I liked working there. So I was extremely excited to get back upstairs. That's great. And what kind of day-to-day are you doing in this role? Well, the biggest thing is we review all of the reports from patrol or wherever anybody in another unit fills out a patrol. Uh, an incident report, it comes upstairs. We, we can see all the proof reports. We read through them to, and figure out which detective sergeant might want to review this for further investigation by de- by detectives. So every morning we sit here and read sometimes hundreds of reports wow. uh, and figure out who, who would be best to investigate. Can we investigate it? And a lot of times it's just a matter of do we have the manpower to be able, be able to investigate this further or will this investigation lead to a prosecution a lot of times. Mm. And when you talk about financial crimes, what falls under a financial crime versus auto theft or firearms? Well, the reason, uh, technically, auto theft is a detail, so it falls under financial crimes. And the reason that that was changed a few years ago, it used to fall into the property side, but a lot of the auto theft now is done by fraud. Mm. Um, Fake IDs, you can buy stuff online by faking information online. So it just made more sense to put the auto theft detail under financial crimes. But financial crimes can be anything from washing checks. You just take steal a check, wash the information off of it, put your information on it. Uh, there's some more steps where you you put somebody else's name on it, have them cash it for you, which leads us to don't cash a check for somebody. But right. um, credit cards, uh, any you can fake credit cards. You can steal somebody else's credit card. That'll all fall under fall under financial crimes. Of course, the scams where you can trick people into handing you cash or transferring you money, all that stuff that's usually done electronically now because that's the way money's moved around. Right. Um, all that falls under financial crimes. Sounds like you have your, your hands full. So um, as we were preparing for today's recording, you talked with me and shared some of the current scams that Charles County Sheriff's Office has seen around our community. And um, I'm not going to lie, when I look at it, it's, it's a scary list. It's a lot of things that could trip you up. So can you share some of the things that we as citizens need to be aware of, of what's going on in our county and what do we need to do to be, you know, protected, protecting ourselves? Well, there's, uh, there's a lot of scams. There's the uh, computer scams where somebody reaches out to you via the internet or you I'm not going to believe this, but dating sites, meeting people on dating sites, uh, must, you should be pretty leery of that. There's the old school publisher clearinghouse scam or, or you've won the lottery scam. And we're starting to see the family members who are hurt or in jail. Can you send us money scams again? The computer repair scam we see a lot of. It's when somebody's on the computer and they get a, a pop-up. The pop-up will often have a phone number or a link you click. Once they click on that link, the person will either call you or you have you call them, and they'll ask you for your IP address. Uh, 
people oftentimes give them that IP address, which gives that person access to your computer. Mm. They'll then tell you that your your software is out of date or something's out of date and ask you to transfer to send them money, usually a small amount, $50 or something like that. You'll log into your bank account on the computer. Once you do that, you've given them access to your bank account. When they'll facilitate the transfer for you and they'll accidentally transfer what looked like on your computer, looks like they transferred you $14,000. So they'll ask you to refund that amount and the difference. And when you transfer the difference, you're giving them that money. You essentially just transferred them back the money that you thought that they transferred into your account, which was never there. So it's a, it's a very in-depth uh, scam, but it, it happens fairly often. So if you do not do not rely when when a pop-up comes on your computer, do not rely on that number to be the sole source of how you're contacting a representative from that company. Get out of it. If they're going to ask you for money, get out, do your own research, and make sure the numbers you're contacting are the correct ones for that company. It'll it'll look just like your antivirus software. Uh, they're pretty good at mimicking that. Uh, and then, like I said, the cash a check for me scam. Those are like our biggest ones at this point. And the the biggest thing I tell everybody is be honest with your family about your finances and never, ever, ever pay a bill with a, with a gift card. Gift cards are something you give family members and friends as a present, you know, for whatever the holidays or their birthday. If somebody's asking you to get a, a gift card and scratch the, the label off the back so you can give them the number over the phone or over the internet, that is a scam. The IRS gotcha. doesn't collect your, your, your debts by gift cards. You know, you, you shouldn't be paying bills by gift cards. That's, that's almost always a scam. Gotcha. So we need to be careful of, you know, making sure that our families kind of know what we would be asking for and what we wouldn't. And that if somebody's asking for money over the phone and it just doesn't sound right, we're not going to do it. If you're going to give money to somebody you don't know, run it past somebody else first. Mm. If, if you have a chance, ask a family member or friend, say, hey, I, I got contacted by this person and they want me to pay them this. Or the IRS reached out to me and people get embarrassed because they think they owe money to somebody. But if your family member goes, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. That might just be the one second it takes for you to realize this isn't right. Mm. And it, we see it all the time. The, when these scammers call you or they get a hold of you, no matter what scam it is, one of the things that they, that they put on you is pressure to act quickly. Uh, oftentimes they'll keep you on the phone while you go out and buy multiple gift cards. And, and they're smart enough to know that if you buy a gift card, if you go into a, a Target and buy $1,000 in $50 gift cards or $100 gift cards, a lot of times the, the person at the counter is going to say, wait a second, this doesn't seem right. So they'll have you go to multiple locations. They'll keep you on the phone the whole time you're doing that. And then as you're getting the cards, they'll have you remove the, the, the little scratch off on the back and give them the number. And the second you give them that number, that money's gone. It's no longer on that card. So it's almost like that it just slowing your brain down, slowing down and saying like, this doesn't sound right. And, and what do you do if you end up on the phone like that? Do you just hang up? What, what, what happens next? Yeah, absolutely. If somebody's calling you for anything that where it's a rush or they won't let you talk to your family member for more than a couple seconds, uh, the, the big ones of these scams are usually we have your family member who's been involved in an accident and they've been charged and uh, here, talk to my attorney. So It'll be your nephew that you haven't talked to very often. It's really fast. They'll talk to you really fast, and then they'll hand the phone to a supposed lawyer or whoever. Or, okay. or And then they'll once you once they get you on the phone, they'll say, "Hey, we need." It gets up there fifteen thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, large amounts of money, oh. and they'll either ask you to go to the bank and withdraw that money, or again the gift cards, 
and they'll keep you on the phone, tell you exactly how to do it. Even while they're in the bank, people will be on the phone taking money out of the bank. And then the, the, oftentimes they send couriers to your house and people hand the money right over. Wow. Can you also give our residents some tips and pointers on what they can do to recognize, avoid, and prevent getting caught up in these scams and how to help their friends and family do the same? Yeah, the biggest way is is to communicate with other people, to talk to your friends and family about these scams. Everybody, nobody thinks they're going to be a victim of a scam until it happens. Uh, I talk to my family about it uh, all the time, and a lot of times the people who, who fall for these scams are either younger people who are, are in, interested in the scam where uh, we, we, you've won the lottery, um, give us $1,000. I've seen everything from $500 to... Uh, we're investigating one was over $100,000 that was transferred to somebody who, because they were supposedly going to win millions. And it doesn't always happen all at once, but if you talk to somebody about this, they'll point it out to you that this doesn't sound right and maybe get you to think about it. So be open about things. Don't, don't close them in. Talk to your family members, older people. Uh, that's a lot of times who, who fall for these scams too. Uh, and my mother is in her 70s. I talk to her about it. I make sure that she she knows the, the current scams and everything that are going on, um, because it is enticing. These people who are do this are professionals, and they yeah. they're 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 pretty good at it. How does Charles County Sheriff's Office try to figure out what these scams are, and and what are when you find out about them, what are you doing about them? So we find out about them because they people come in and report them. I mean, I, like I said before, I read these reports um, all the time. We get there's there's numerous reports a day for financial crimes, often being scams, and we we look at we look for trends. Obviously, that's what we look for. But again, these aren't these aren't scams that are just in Charles County. They're everywhere. We have nationwide groups that we talk we talk through through email, where scams are shared. Oftentimes, they find information on a suspect there that they call us with and say, "Hey, this scam was done in Charles County. It hasn't been reported yet." So we'll we'll find out that way. And our biggest thing is what I've been doing recently is, is getting out here doing, talking to the public. I talked to the Citizens Advisory Council, and I want to get out to the neighborhood association meetings. Once people start opening back up from COVID and stuff, I'd like to get back out there. Because I think the biggest thing we can do is just let people know these scams are happening. If you hear about them or you see somebody doing something that looks suspicious, even if you just see somebody buying gift cards and you're a clerk, just ask them. You know, uh, you know. Oh, are these for a friend or family. If they tell you, someone says to you, "No, I'm paying a bill with it." That that's a scam. I mean, every time it's a scam, and it, it wouldn't hurt for you just to say it, and maybe we'll get that person to think for just a split second before they send that number off. That's really good advice. Thank you. And um, so, Sergeant Smith, if somebody is part of a community organization or a group and they wanted um, to have a presentation like you just talked about to to inform their members, how could they reach out and request that? The best way would go through our media relations office, probably. Okay. I mean, that's probably the best way. If they contact me directly, I could certainly talk to them about it, and I could run it through there. But go through the media relations office if it's something about that. I assume there's a level of embarrassment and, and shame for some people once they've become a victim of a scam, because it's so easy to look back with hindsight and say, how could you not see this was a trick? But in that moment, especially when we're running around like crazy, getting ready for the holidays, I can see from what you're describing why it would be easy for someone to fall victim to this. What advice do you have for someone who thinks they've been the victim of a scam or knows someone who has? What's what's the first step? What happens? Uh, first, they have to realize that this happens all the time. There's, there's a lot of people who, and I, I don't even like using the term, that fall for it. I mean, these are these are professional scammers. They they know they do this enough that they know how people are going to react, 
and they know how to play on your emotions. So the biggest thing is, is the second you realize it, uh, file a police report. Call the sheriff's office. We will come out and take a report. Again, I, I read those reports every single day, so we'll, we'll look at them for trends. Uh, are you going to get your money back? Not always. We'll do our best um, to do this. A lot of these are overseas scams. Uh, if you're sending a gift card number over the phone or over the Internet, chances are that's overseas. And, that, and the second that gift card is gone, it's, it's the money's transferred. People always worry about their bank cards, but they worry about buying stuff online. If you're using your bank card online, 99% of the time, the bank is going to take that hit if it's a, if it's not right. Uh, if you you know, it's it's very hard to scam to get credit card numbers off of a secure site. Okay. So it's not likely to happen. The biggest way to do it is to convince somebody to pay with that gift card, and there is no return of that money once you. You've taken that money out of your bank account and put it on that gift card. The bank's not going to take responsibility for that at that point. As you know, we're calling this podcast series The Gift of Information because we believe that being informed is such a valuable thing for our citizens. In the spirit of citizen engagement and neighbors stepping up to help neighbors, what can we be encouraging citizens to do to share the information you're providing today and raise community-wide awareness? Become part of your community, your community groups. Um, you have friends and families. You, everybody goes out and, and they're involved in different groups. Have these conversations with them uh, about financial crimes or or anything really. I mean, it, the more information that you can share with somebody else or your family, the more people will realize like they'll, they'll be able to identify these scams faster. And, and the more the more you are aware of them, the more familiar you are with how it works, the faster you're going to identify it, and you might be able to see somebody else do it and stop them before they before they send all this money away. Thank you. We know the repercussions of someone falling victim to a scam can be financially and emotionally devastating. And I know you talked a little bit about if it, you know, if it happens overseas that there's not much that Charles County Sheriff's Office can do. Can you talk to us a little bit about what the repercussions are for someone who commits these scams in the county and how does our legal system respond both from a law enforcement and from the legal side of our criminal justice system? So as law enforcement, essentially what we do is we collect all of the information. We collect the facts in the case. We will figure out who who did it. We'll figure out where the money went. We can we can track all kinds of things like IP addresses and everything. Um, and if we can identify somebody who's in the United States that we can that we know is involved in these scams, we can present that case into the state's attorney's office for charges. Uh, once that's charged, obviously it, it, that person will be issued a charging document and brought into the court if we can get them there. And, of course, they'll have their right to a trial. The problem with financial crimes is a lot of times the banks will take the hit for it, and the banks don't have time. They're not going to send representatives out and stuff. So it it gets very tricky in prosecuting a lot of these cases uh, because if the bank refunds your money, the bank becomes the victim. So you Mm. have to have the victim show up in order to prosecute the case. So we we run into some roadblocks there. Uh, But the biggest part is... People don't really see it as a problem. I mean, it, people think of crimes where somebody's hurt or robbed or there's gunfire, stuff like those are cases where they want to punish people. A lot of these washing checks and things, people overlook it. They're like, oh, they're just stealing because, you know, everybody has a reason why they stole. And and people fall into that. They feel like they feel like that person was just doing it, trying to survive. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of groups out there that, that do this all over the country and stuff, and we identify them. Um, it's hard to get them back into Maryland for prosecution because, honestly, how much time are they really going to get? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I can say about that is stay informed with your legislatures. 
when you're voting, vote for people who are going to look out for the victims and not not always the criminal element. Everybody focuses on, you know, this poor person was charged with a crime and and they served their time and, and do they get you know everything that they're supposed to get to help them be better citizens? And that's important, but we oftentimes we lose sight of the victim here, who's who could be out hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So it sounds like really this is unfortunately we need to be better about preventing this from happening or stopping when it's happening, that once once the crime has happened, once somebody's gotten that gift card information or taken your money, it, it, at some point that's we can't fix it after that, yeah? Yeah, a lot of times, especially the gift cards, are, you know, I've, I've said it, gift cards a hundred times today, that's for a reason. The, the gift cards, if the, if you give that number out, that money is gone. Do not give that money out. We, we very rarely can link that into... A domestic issue. Uh, it's they're just not around here. Uh, it's almost never local uh, when they do it. It's it, these are scams that happen nationwide, uh, and these groups they know exactly what they're doing. They jump around all over the place, and, and the hardest part is it takes a long time to investigate this. We have to send court orders to to websites and and social media accounts and all these things that try to track IP addresses, and that's not a quick. It's not a quick investigation. No. It, it takes months, if not. Years, right, and and somebody at that point doesn't have their money and is just kind of caught in the middle. Yeah, if you're out a hundred thousand dollars, even if <sighs> we get it back a year and a half later, that's a long time to go without a hundred thousand dollars. That is a long time. Sergeant Smith, thanks for taking the time today to bring awareness to the issues we're seeing here in Charles County. Is there anything else you want to share with our residents as a police officer, as a representative of Charles County Sheriff's Office, or as a fellow citizen of Charles County? I just always tell people look out for each other. I mean, that, that's what we all do in this community. Uh, get involved with your community groups. We have tons of uh, volunteer services out there. The, the more people you know, the more comfortable you are around uh, in the area, and the more likely you are to share information. The other thing is is, is stay involved in, in, in your politics. Make sure that the people that you want to represent you are being elected to represent you and, and your ideas. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here today, Sergeant Mike Smith. Oh, you're welcome. That wraps up our podcast for today, the second in our December 2021 Gift of Information series. As a reminder, tune in next week to hear Charles County Public Schools Chief of Instructional Technology, Charmaine Thompson. She's going to share powerful information on how we can keep our youngest Charles County citizens safe online. And you can always go back and listen to the first episode in the series, Avoiding Misinformation Online, with Charles County's Public Information Officer, Jennifer Harris. If you find the information that we talked about today helpful, please pass the gift of information along. Talk about this with your friends and family and encourage them to tune into this podcast series as well. We really do all benefit when our neighbors and fellow citizens have access to information.